You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And on today's episode, I have an investor and an agent who drove down from Fort Collins, it's in our Denver studio today, talk about how he's built an incredible portfolio up in Fort Collins. We're gonna dissect how he started at a young age, learned from some mentors, some very successful mentors, and made some smart moves, some not so, so smart moves along the way, and give him some really good tidbits on here. So Patrick Sukup, very, very grateful that you're in the studio. Thank you, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, you know, I'm lucky that there's some cool people just an hour away from me from Fort Collins. You're very nice to say that. Thank you. So, you know, we don't talk about Fort Collins much in this podcast. So we'll reference it a little bit because you got some really cool connections to uh, downtown Fort Collins and some insight into real estate on there. But the biggest thing is your real estate investing story. I think it's a great story to highlight the power of being patient and also the power of being a little bit boring when it comes to real estate. I don't mean in a bad way, but that's sure. how majority of people get wealthy in real estate is being boring and being patient a lot of times for lack of better words, and just kind of talking about your journey because it's such a powerful story that other investors can hopefully mirror and also uh, get some inspiration from. So where do we start? Because I know you, you uh, I think there's an early, early connection here that kind of got you started. Yeah, you know, I was an athlete going through high school. What sports? Um, uh, track and field was the one that I was good at. I loved basketball, just wasn't nearly as good at basketball I was, uh, as I was at track and field. So I uh, was an athlete in college, uh, had a kind of a career ending injury to my knee, and there was no way I was coming back from it. And a buddy of mine who was on the CSU football team also kind of had a career ending injury to his neck. Ooh. And uh, his, his dad was a very, his dad actually played in the NFL uh, was very successful individual in, in Fort Collins and took us out to Red Robin and sat us down and said, hey, you guys are sophomores in college. I know you guys' careers in, in sports are over, but that doesn't mean your life's over. Let's kind of convert that competitive at, you know, uh, ability of yours into business. And I didn't really, I knew, I, I always knew that I was going to be in business. My dad ran a company. He had 250 employees. I worked for him since I was 13 years old. And uh, so I kind of always assumed that I was going to be in business of some sort or another, but didn't know when I was going to be starting. And mm -hmm. so I was like, sure, what, what does that mean? And he goes, well, I've got a couple ideas. Let's, let's run a large acreage field mowing business, but also let's buy a property, fix it up and sell it. And so this was in 2009. Uh, so we bought a house in Fort Collins, which it's crazy to say now, but we bought a house for $125,000 at the, the courthouse doorstep, basically. We and my, myself and two brothers, uh, not my brothers, two brothers, uh, his son and another son of his, worked on the property, kind of just manual labor, but we owned the property. Um, his dad was gracious enough to essentially, I mean, this was a gift. And I still see this in, this individual at the gym today. And I, I thank him for just introducing me to the business because I think that's what it really was more than anything was an introduction. Yeah. We fixed it up, sold it, made fifteen or $18,000, $6,000 each. But really what it gave me was like, take something that needs to have some value added, work on it, sell it, make some money. Sounds easy, right? But really it removed some of the fear, the risk and... I kind of got, you know, the bug. And uh, through that time, throughout college, our partnership kind of went away, just 
different things. We're still friends to this day, but our partnership kind of went away. But my dad, uh, I still worked for my dad and he was, you know, pretty heavy into drinking and uh, the economy wasn't doing great. So he shut down his business in 2008. And that's probably where I was also like working with these guys in 2009. But um, I called my uncle, big believer in mentors. I remember calling him from my my house, my junior year in college and just said, hey, you know, uh, I, I'm a big believer in mentors. Would you would you mentor me? And I'm 20 years old, I think at this time, maybe 21. And he goes, sure, but I'm, I'm not really in Fort Collins all that often. Um, if you want me to mentor you, the best thing that you could do is come work for me. And I was like, great, what do you do? And, you know, I didn't even know. I just knew he was successful. And he said, well, I'm an investor here in Fort Collins. I have a property management company. You can come work for me as a leasing agent here in Fort Collins. I was like, done. So I went and started working for him in 2010 as a leasing agent. And I mean, I just, little did I know this, this dude was like a heavy hitter in Fort Collins. He started investing in the late, uh, late 80s, early 90s during the savings and loans crisis. He was a property manager, probably one of the biggest property managers mm-hmm. in Northern Colorado. And at that time, the savings loan crisis happened and banks started having assets on their books and they had to offload these assets. So they went to uh, the conservator, uh, which was him at that time because he was a property manager and was like pleading that they bought, that he bought the property. We'll give you the property, pennies on the dollar. You know, you, you think about that now and you're like, man, I wish I would have oh, the I ability, know. you know, but at that time, you never knew if the economy was going to get better, get worse. And so there's massive risk at that time which to his credit, you know, he took that risk, bought uh, a lot of uh, multifamily properties at that time, as well as the, what you guys would know as Old Town Square in Fort Collins. So if you've been to Fort Collins, you've walked through the square where there's the fountain, the concert, mm-hmm. those buildings were developed in the in the mid eighties. And that developer went through foreclosure. Uh, my uncle was the conservator of that property, bought it with a group of individuals, which he then subsequently bought out, you know, a few years later. But those properties were negative cash flow of $60,000 a month until he could get some big tenants in there. And again, the risk that he took at that time, which now you look back on and you're like, holy cow. Like, oh, it's a no brainer. Look back now. Oh but at the gosh. time, it's like terrifying. A, a scary. And everyone's like, you're making the dumbest decision in the 100%. world. 100%. I believe his, no, his, there was, there's a story of uh, his marriage at that time, but um, very happily married now. Great guy. But that being said, I was working for him and overseeing these these properties on the leasing side of things, uh, working in downtown Fort Collins, which is super fun and enjoyable. Fort Collins is a small community, 180,000 people. But if there is an energy center, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. So working downtown as a young kid, definitely fun. You know, had, had my fair share of parties and things of that nature. But after graduation, started working for him full time and uh, bought my first house, personal house in 2012, kind of a live in flip type deal. And then from there, just continually started buying properties slowly. But he's a, a buy and hold guy. And that's kind of what I am as a, as a buy and hold investor. So I want to ask you, you said you were a big believer in mentors. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big believer in mentors as well. As a side note, like what, what got you on the train to finding mentors? That's a good question. I think, um, you know, podcasts and YouTube at this time, this was 2010. So there was a lot of people were all about, you know, reading books and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And I think mentors were kind of pushed at that time, if I remember right. Like, it's a good thing to get a mentor. And uh, and I think that's what I also saw in my friend's dad when he sat us down at Red Robin was kind of a mentor, take us through things and show me that things aren't so scary. And 
you know, if you have questions, ask somebody with 30 years experience that can help you avoid costly mistakes. And I knew my uncle was successful and just went on a whim and just asked him if he'd mentor me. And like looking back on it, just so grateful that he said yes. Cause I mean, he's super busy guy. I'm a young, you know, kind of little shithead type deal as far as a 21 year old. You're still college in college, player. right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I, but I was a basketball player. He was a basketball player. Um, so I think he saw some like, uh, kind of connectivity and he's always been a great guy. So I just asked, and sometimes you just got to do that. You got to just, you know, take the chance and ask. Oh, you always got to take the chance and ask. What's the worst to say? No. Yeah. What do you do? That's where you were before. Yeah. Seriously. Then I just make him feel bad at Christmas when I saw him, you know, yeah. just what the heck? Um, yeah. Guilt him into yeah, it, right? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> so, uh, super grateful, but I worked for him for a decade. Okay. And you were just, were you doing leasing agent the whole time? Or did you kind of work your way up the the PM company? Yeah. I worked my way up. Um, 2013 uh, is when I officially started with him uh, full time, I should say, as a maintenance supervisor. I got my real estate license at that time as well, because I knew I was going to buy property. Um, my dad was a, an early partner of mine. He has been sober now for, I think, eight years, but uh, he was still drinking at that time. But, you know, smart, smart businessman. Yeah. And I was young and in my career, but learning how to operate properties. And, you know, as far as when I mean, I operate properties, like getting the filters changed, the sprinklers blown out. Uh, If there's a maintenance, having the vendors of electricians, plumbers, HVAC connections to where, you know, today when I work with clients, one of their biggest concerns, if they have a renovation project, who do we use? Because there's so many tradesmen that just are booked out forever. And that's one of my skill sets. I have a Rolodex of people that I've worked with for a decade that I can trust and know that they're going to do a good job. And so my dad came to me and said, now that you know how to operate properties, let's invest together. You manage them. I'll be the capital. You need to bring some capital yourself, but you manage them and let's, you know, let's do this. So we bought our first fourplex in 2013. And then that year in 2013, we bought 10 units and uh, I was managing them. I was, I was a minority partner. My wife and I, we were 30, 20% owners, but he gave us 13% equity uh, for management at a lesser rate, which you know, you're young. You don't, I mean, you're dumb at that point, you know, and you're like, you got all the time in the world, no kids. So I was like, sure, absolutely. An yep. extra 13% to manage it for, I think instead of 10% managing it for like 4% or whatever it was. So, uh, still getting paid, just not, you know, what you would on an open market per se. And from that time in 2013, we, as a partnership, minority partner, didn't buy any more partners or properties, but we went to 50, 50 partners. And also at that time, my wife and I started to buy a property, you know, live in it for a year or two, and then bought another property and started to acquire properties that way, just a yep. few, you know, and, but it would get owner occupied financing, put less than 20% down. Oh, it's amazing. Huge. And those properties now are, are still, you know, in my, in, in my portfolio, we have a property that we bought in 2013 with a 3.25% interest rate, which at the time I was like, we're never going to see these interest rates again. So I'm never selling this property. Well, we did see them again, but that was still a solid interest rate. But we started buying properties together slowly, but surely. And then my dad and I bought, we were 50-50 partners because at this point I was making more money, could bring more capital, mm-hmm. charge a regular or mark, open market you know, rate to manage the property. And uh, so we bought another seven units through that partnership. And I try to buy one to two units a year. And up till this year, which is only March, I've uh, been able to accomplish that goal for the last, well, now it's, yeah, last 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So looking back at this, so, I mean, you've been investing for a little over 10 years now. Like, 
you know, there's a lot of people now uh, all up and on the front range and they're, you know, they want to get into investing or they're new to Colorado or, or both. Um, like, so the first question I have on there is like, what advice can you go back and what wisdom can you peel back from your 10 plus years of successes and also your black eyes along the way? Like oh. going back to give like a younger a, a younger self advice, what would you say to yourself and other people out there wanting to get into the game? I, it's tough right now to start it, investing. It is, it is. And, you know, fortunately I had kind of, whether it was being ignorant or naive to the risks that I was taking, but I just took them and uh, bought that first personal house, added some value and sold it. And then was able to translate, you know, convert those money, that money into um, additional investments. But, you know, we, I had a Kia Sportage. I was making, I don't, I don't know, like significant six, six figures for the last five, seven years. And during that time I had a 2009 Kia Sportage, you know, and my wife had a, a I think a 2012 Ford Escape. And we could have absolutely had nicer vehicles, lived in a bigger, better house, but all of the money that we were investing, like we were not living, like we were living comfortably. Our kind of vice is going out to eat. Like we like mm -hmm. to go out to eat, but we didn't take extravagant vacations or anything like that. We did take vacations. We did have fun along the way, but we were really focused on investing and taking those mon that money that was like a you know discretionary income and investing it wisely. Like my wife was actually a professional athlete. So she would get paid 1099 employee and 50% she would put into a separate account to pay taxes and 50% she'd use to, um, you know, uh, just live life. Yeah. And at the end of the year, whatever was left over after paying taxes with that 50%, we'd go and try to find a property. Mm. We'd go and try to buy a property. So, nice. you know, it was it was something to where I would say, you've got to take the risk. Um, I was a minority partner in those beginning deals, but I was willing to, you know, grind and hustle and and do the dirty work and go get, take a call. I, I knocked on a door at 9.45 at night my when I was in like 2014, because one of the units at our fourplex didn't pay rent. And he just kind of started ghosting me. I probably wouldn't do that today necessarily, but I was, you know, I was just hungry. And so I, I went and knocked on the door at 930. I was like, he's, he can't ghost me at 930 at night. And it was like in the middle of February. And, you know, I, it was a long story short, but we actually ended up having to going through eviction and everything like that. But uh, it worked out. And, I, but I was willing to do that. Whereas the partner, you know, he was a big money guy and he doesn't want to do that. But if you can find a young person who's willing and like to hustle and can trust, yeah, that's a great partner to have. And, he has to give away, you know, a, a small portion of the equity to not have to worry about anything. I was joking with my dad, actually, even this year, I'm, so I'm 34, but we have another fourplex that there was a unit that hadn't been paying. She moved out, but she had rentable furniture. You know, I guess you can rent furniture and she had rentable furniture in her unit. And they were gonna come on December 23rd at like 7.30 and I was like, I have family Christmas, but I was like, and she's like, well, no one else will be there. So I still went out to that property on December 23rd at 7.30 at night and let the people to move the furniture out in. They got it out. But I remember walking back home or walking, not back home. I, I remember walking somewhere because my wife had to run and do something with the kids. I remember walking somewhere, calling my dad and said, when do I get to be the point where I don't do this shit anymore at 7.30 on December 23rd? 
you know, in jest, because I have two, I have three kids and I'm excited that, you know, hopefully maybe they want to invest with me or be partners or whatever. If they don't, that's totally okay too. Yeah. But uh, it was just kind of joking because I think I'm still at that point where I'm the, the hustler, the grinder. And, you know, that's, a, I'm okay with that. My, my net worth is in a, a great position, but um, you have to be willing to be, to do that. Like it's not sexy, but I would absolutely do it 100% over again. Yeah. Well, I want to uh, highlight here because what you went through is uh, not uncommon where you have someone who's uh, more successful uh, and, you know, the stereotype is they have more money and not enough time. Yep. And they're at the point where they don't need to grind and hustle because like, ah, well, you know, they're, they got enough money to live comfortably and do what they need to do. So it creates a great opportunity mm-hmm. where for a young gun like you, where you're hungry, you do this, you build a good relationship where you can go out there and earn equity, go out there, yeah. earn profits, but also like earn mentorship, earn business partnerships. Like, you know what? I will do all this work. I want to highlight that because there's a lot of investors out there that will do that. Oh, huge. Um, now, don't go on to bigger pockets and call everyone and say, hey, I'll manage your property for 10% of your equity. <laughs> Probably not the best cold call script out there. Sure. But like, I mean, I've done that uh, in businesses in the past. Hey, you get some of this to take care of all this stuff. And it's such a different relationship because if someone actually has some ownership or some skin in the game, yeah. they act and treat the asset, 100%. whether it's real estate, a business, whatever it is, very differently than if they're just a paid third party or they're paid this. I'm not saying like either one's like bad or good. It's just right. different, but also creates different opportunities. And then your story arc is awesome. You started out there, you hustled, you hustled, you grind, you got experience, you made money, you went from minority to 50-50. Mm-hmm. Now you're probably in a position to be solo. Mm-hmm. And at some point you'll probably be the the money guy. We're like, hey, right. I'm too busy. Here's some money. Now you go knock on that door on Christmas Eve. Absolutely. Right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it was a slow transition. And each of, the, each of those wins generates more confidence. I think, you know, there's, there's today there's some uh, motivational, you know, Instagrams or whatever, but, and I, I really enjoy hearing this, like confidence comes from knowing that you've succeeded, you know, the day before at whatever you did and waking up that day and you know, you can do it bigger and better yep. rather than just like telling yourself, I can do this. I can do this. Like you have to get out there and actually do it. And those wins over the last 10 years of, I know that I can negotiate at a, at a kitchen table if I need to. And, you know, able to communicate exactly my value proposition. Like I've done it. And now I can go forward and and bring on partners if I wanted to, or raise capital or find deals, however I want to do, because I've done it before. And that's where I think it's like just getting in there and doing it and being willing to not have an ego and say, I'm I'm absolutely down to take, you know, be a 20% equity stake. Gratefully got an extra 13%, but I'm down being a minority partner. I'm I got a 20% ownership of a fourplex. That's great. You know, at 23 or 24, whatever I was. Better off than I was when I was 23. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's awesome. Super. So, okay. So um, mentors, obviously, like you and I are both big, big believers and mentors for, you know, just, I'll say growth hacks for lack of better words, just, and I, I, I probably not the best word, but you find a good mentor out there and what he or she can do for you in terms of experience, connections, opportunities, they can just do like the 10X. Like, oh, I got this, you're the right person. Boom, go take care of that for me. So everyone out there, find mentors and you never get too good. You just, you know, you it's always a ladder. You go up over wrong and you find new mentors. You get a new phase of life, a new business, new investing, you find new mentors. It's a never ending process, right? Agreed. Um, So what, do you have any mentors right now in varying aspects? Um, 
I would say I recently joined a mastermind group for the intention to find other individuals who are similar spots and above where I'm at because I Is felt it a like paid I paid mastermind or just like a casual mastermind. Pays, paid yep. mastermind. Uh, it's like 400 bucks a month or something like that. But, you know, I felt like I was on an island and I was just like, you know, trying to figure out everything by myself and, and needed, uh, whether it's just the camaraderie or also friendships, individual business owners of who's been there, done that before mm -hmm. that I can lean on, ask questions and vice versa. Like I would say, you know, we're a pretty decent media, you know, outlet in Fort Collins that they're leaning on me for a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's a mutual beneficial relationship, but is this a Fort Collins? Fort uh, Collins. Yeah. Fort uh, Collins. Okay. Um, and, and, and pretty, you know, decent folks in there. A lot of the kind of movers and shakers in Northern Colorado are part of the group. Um, cause there's like, I think there's like five different groups and there's different levels right of of things and so As that's more just like entrepreneurial business not just real estate yes okay. entrepreneur, uh, it's it's kind of a i don't know if it's it's actually my first mastermind i've ever been a part of but it's uh there's no one of the same industry in each group okay so um i'm the only real estate well there's another real estate gal but she's kind of on a different sector than i am necessarily but um yeah absolutely trying to lean on those individuals uh for you know, questions and, and different parts of it, but that would be like my closest to a mentor right now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you mentoring anyone right now? I did. Uh, I was, uh, but he went to Scotland with his girlfriend like a year and a half ago and uh, uh, super excited and proud of him. But I mean, he was, a I, I, I was, I think he could do some really cool things, uh, but right now he's having fun. Um, so, and that's, you know, that was part of the mentorship too. I, cause I told him, I said, in my early twenties, I was full on business. And I probably gave up some of that yep. uh, freedom that I don't now have with the family. I mean, there's different amazing things that I have now, but I don't have the ability to pick up and go to Scotland for two years. No. You know, so I so I did say, you know, this is going to be one of those unique opportunities in your life. You are foregoing some of the business opportunities, but it just, you know, it, it's, it's whatever you want to do. But I will say you won't have as much freedom in the future to be able to pick up and go to Scotland. So I was... Um, I don't, I, you know, I've, I've been asked a lot and I kind of talked with you before we went live. Um, I go to the gym every morning, yep. open to, you know, folks it's, I would say out like if you're out there and you're listening to this, like if you're going to ask somebody to mentor you, or if you're going to like kind of jump on somebody's coattails, the biggest thing you have to be is consistent. Like you, if you're saying you're going to do something, do what you're saying you're going to do because you just lose credibility so fast. And when I'm at the gym and somebody says, hey, can I join you at five o'clock? I'm like, yeah, anyone anyone can join me. Like, absolutely. But the likelihood of them sticking with me is like slim to none. I think over the last like five to 10 years of doing it at 5 a.m., like two people are still working out mm -hmm. at five o'clock, you know, which are awesome because we're great friends now. And, but it took getting there, going, but everyone else drops out. Like be the, whether 1% of the consistency, there's 99% of the wealth you know, in the one percenters, there's also 99% of the folks that just aren't consistent. Be the 1% that's consistent. Yeah. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people as they, as they get a mentor or whatever is, um, they go out there and since it's often, you know, unpaid or, you know, just more relationship based is, you know, you don't have any skin in the game a lot of times. And yeah. if you're, if you don't do what you say you're going to do, or you're not adding value to the mentor, that relationship quickly washes away. Absolutely. So I think your advice is is spot on. And I think using that 5 a.m. gym analogy is phenomenal. I work out in the morning too, so I, I can relate. Yeah. Um, because it shows commitment, it shows consistency. And I mean, showing up, you know, half the game. 100%. Um, all right. So 
right now you have gone from a minority partnership to a kind of 50-50 partnership to now where you've got the experience, the capital, the knowledge, the connections, do a lot of stuff with yourself now. So what's what's the future plans for Patrick? Like what's what's going on now? Well, so the last, last year we just bought the one property in Severance. I, like I said, I try to buy one to- Like just a single family rental? Single family okay. rental. I try to buy one to three units a year. That could be a duplex, triplex, whatever that might be. That's my goal is one to three units a year. This year, again, we're still just in, in March when we're recording this that I'm not, you know, but I don't have too much intentions on buying anything this year necessarily. Uh, a lot of my focus on the brokerage, building that business. Um, we were talking kind of before, a lot of the money I'm I'm spending right now or investing is back into the business. But also I'm considering out-of-state investing for the first time. Um, I look at my kind of, I'm starting to look at, you know, different buckets of income. And right now mm-hmm. I have a, a really great bucket of equity in Northern Colorado investments. We own 19 units in Fort Collins that probably has uh, an equity position of about $3 million. And uh, we have the business in Fort Collins that's, you know, generating a lot of cash flow and income. The brokerage, right? The brokerage. Yep. And, uh, but we're considering using some of our income now to invest more, not necessarily in the equity and appreciation, but potentially out of state where it's more heavy cash flow. And, uh, which isn't as attractive on the tax side of things, but you still get your depreciation, a lot of different, you know, but I'm like, I kind of like the idea of maybe investing my next you know, uh, 10 properties, 10 units, whatever, and straight heavy, hard cash flow, but little to no equity appreciation. So I am uh, consider or trying to consider what I'm doing next. A uh, great position to be in as far as ha- sit on a lot of, you know, a lot of capital and just trying to figure out what the best use of that is. And uh, when I know, I'll have to let you know, but right now we're, we're considering a few different things. Well, you have the great problem many uh, Colorado investors have, which is, hey, you were smart enough to buy properties, and now you're sitting on a gold mine of equity. Yeah. Um, so out-of-state investing isn't scary too much. We were chatting about this before, but... I I will say, I, I, started, I started looking at Roofstock. I don't know if you've... Oh, I know Roofstock. Yeah, I started looking at Roofstock like, probably like seven to eight years ago. Like anybody, I wish I would have bought a whole sh- crap ton of properties, you know, seven, eight years ago on that. But... The reason why I started investing in real estate was the physical aspect of being able to drive by the property, see the see the asset, control the decisions that are being made of, hey, this is a really good renter rather than increasing our rents, you know, 10 percent. Let's get six percent and keep them in there because they just have taken such great care of it. The control and management of the assets are is really probably the biggest reason I love real estate investing. I have I think. I think it's either five to 10% of my net worth is invested in the stock market. And the idea of riding that roller coaster is, you know, makes me sick. Whereas fortunately, because I'm sure there'll be times, you know, that are not as phenomenal in real estate, maybe, I don't know. Um, But we've done really well, slow, steady growth, except for, you know, uh, the last couple of years have been crazy. But since 2013, really great five to 6% appreciation of the asset, principal pay down, lots of different things. And, uh, the idea of investing out of state always kind of removed that ability to manage the asset, to see the asset, to make sure that it's taken care of, know the neighborhood, know the area. And all the reasons why people invest locally, or at least in my opinion, is because I know this is an appreciating neighborhood, very low crime, blah, great schools, all of the you know those reasons. But I do have a friend that just moved to North Carolina that I trust. Um, what part of Carolina? Um, kind of a Jacksonville area. Um, it's kind of a, uh, there's a Marine base there. There's three different counties that he's kind of 
suggested that I consider, but he and a, a buddy of his are going to start investing. I said, why don't you guys do a few, see how it goes for you. And uh, at that point, maybe I'd consider it because, you know, uh, not super sexy, like Memphis, Tennessee is where Riftstock, I think, got their kind of like big like start of okay. where you could buy like an $80,000 property and it's renting for $1,300 or whatever. But North Carolina would be more like, uh, you know, they always talk about the 1% rule. Yep. I think North Carolina would be closer to like the 0.8 to 0.9% rule. So if you buy a property for $200,000, maybe it's renting out for 1800, which is still a lot better than the property I bought last year in Severance, Colorado, which I bought for $420,000 that's renting out for 1750. Uh, and I had to put 35% down to cash flow $0, you know, cause I used to have a debt service on it. So that's kind of the consideration, but definitely have not pulled the trigger and still, uh, you know, wouldn't mind putting down another 40% down on a property in Northern Colorado, just to have it sit in a placement of capital and very safe, secure location. Yeah. I have this discussion a lot, you know, just, you know, internally with clients with other investors. And like, I always have a hard time. Like it's so hard to replicate the, the, the local knowledge relationships, the connections and other market. Yeah. So I've, uh, I've been too afraid to like invest out of state. I'll do it through like a syndication or yeah. something like that where I'm like, hey, cool, there's, you know, I'm 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 throwing a few dollars of many million, many millions of dollars. Sure. And there's professional people with experience, a Good lot operators. more money in the game than me. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of pivoted towards that, like, hey, I'll put down more local because I know the market and I really view like, you know, Springs, Denver, uh, Fort Collins as a high performing bond. Yeah. Like Sure. You're, you know, you're, the, the appreciation party's over for a bit. Cash flow's tough. Um, you know, put down 35% or do some creative Airbnb stuff. Yeah. But man, put the money down, ride it again. Um, but I think it's a very, very smart, safe place to like, hey, place money. Yeah. Um, will you get the returns you got the last five years? No. Yeah. No way. We're right. not having the COVID appreciation again. Absolutely. But in like five or eight years, like, will we be unhappy? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's yeah. And I see a lot of these as like, you know, and we talked about it. I'm, uh, one of your kind of, um, uh, I think you said it's property llama, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a super, super interesting, uh, deal to see where your assets are and how they're performing. Because I think I know I've got a lot of debt equity and open to, oh, the, yeah, you, do. you know, Oh yeah. Open, open to the idea of kind of leveraging that. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a big fan of that, but I'm all about principal pay down. But at the same time, I see all of these investments as 20 years out because yeah. I've got I've got kids five, three and one. I see myself working for the next 18 years, of course, having want, wanting the freedom to do whatever I want, but provide value, show them a good, you know, uh, like be a mentor to them. Absolutely. Show them like what hard work is, what what it takes to do what, you know, and not just be sitting on the couch, quote unquote, retired. So I see myself invest, you know, working. Uh, for the next 18 years, generating income. So I don't need any of the cash flow or anything that these properties are producing. But in 18 years, or I should say 17 years now, these properties are going to be a freaking gold mine. I have no doubt about it. And putting off a crap ton of cash flow at the time where my kids go off to school and me and my wife might want to pick up and go wherever they are for a month. And, and hopefully by then, 30 properties can still pay for a couple of kids' college tuition, hopefully, right? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. That's to be determined. <laughs> um, this is awesome. So... Um, Patrick, how can people find you? Because you're, you're an investor, you're a broker up there and you have a really, really cool YouTube channel about Fort Collins, 
um, and all that. So how can people learn more about you and kind of follow along the fun stuff you do? Yeah, I would say the YouTube channel is great for like, if you're considering moving to like the Northern Colorado area, um, that's a good resource. But I would say for me individually, you'd probably, the best ways is like, that I'm most active on is Instagram. And there, you know, answer pretty much all direct messages. I have a small following, nothing large at any, like by any means, but put out some decent content. A lot of it's, you know, focused around Northern Colorado and Fort Collins, oh, yeah. but also uh, focused around investing in what I'm doing personally. And uh, I try to be, you know, pretty real. I I, I try to th- think I have no ego and and so uh, uh, stay humble and, and want to help whoever I possibly can. So that'd probably be the easiest way to connect, watch and uh, engage. Perfect. What's your handle on there? Just my name, Patrick Sukup. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. Patrick, Thanks so much. Yeah. I, I I love sitting down and getting to know you more today. I appreciate you driving down uh, the hour uh, back and forth. So thank you. And hopefully our listeners got a lot of great knowledge because like your energy is great, your story is great, your knowledge is great. And I recommend investors look at what you're doing. And also uh, we know a lot of agents listen to the podcast as well. Check out what Patrick's doing for marketing because it is solid and it is working. So good guy learning from on investing side and the brokerage side, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Yeah.